Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. You know, we, we like to give people opportunity. We ask, you know, if they, if they would like to, and then we, we give them that grace, and then we push them out. Just like, okay, no, I'm kidding. I had a conversation with him about that. I'm going to have you guys pass out the communion. And you guys pass these out too, will you? Make sure that everybody gets some of these. So while they're doing all of that, parents, you guys are supposed to release your kids. Brandon and Anna want you to sign a form to release them so they, they get your kids. Isn't that great? I wanted grandkids, so I guess this is a great way to do it. I'm not sure the release form, so you guys got to sign that. That's for any events that they do, so it's a legal thing, you know, um, insurance thing. How many enjoy baptisms? Yes. It's such a it's such a cool thing because when you get baptized, it's just a prophetic symbol. It's a sign saying that I am choosing before God and before the people that I am giving my heart and my life. And surrendering it all to Jesus. Amen? All right. You guys were supposed to do Ain't No Grave. What happened to that? He was right there. That's, I want Garen to do that next time. Where's Garen? Oh, hey, Garen. So while they're doing that, I'm just going to try to figure out what I'm going to preach today. <laughs> so Aaron, remember, where's Aaron? What? <laughs> Somebody go grab Aaron for me. So Lisa, <laughs> don't be scared. All I heard in worship was tell Lisa if she believes it, She'll receive it. And there's, there it's scripture, so search that out. It's not a name and claim it. You're like, name it and claim it. Well, yeah, kind of. You know, I mean, that's what the Bible says. He says, if you believe, right, you will receive. So the girl that was baptized, I don't know your, is your name Brittany? Is it Brittany? Okay, Brittany. I was like, I think it's Brittany, but I, what's your sister's name? Danielle. Okay, I don't know. I didn't know her name. I guess I thought her name was something else. Sorry. I don't know. Anyways, when you were getting baptized, it's, I really, I really felt like when you got in that, in the hot tub, that there was really something like, you know, we see it as like being baptized and it's very significant, but this was something that for you means more than we will ever see and know. It's something really between you and, and the Lord. And I felt like it really was a, a, a consecration that you were like, it's like you gave your heart to the Lord a long time ago, maybe when you were a little girl, but like this is something different. It's not like you didn't, it's not like you took your life away from him, but it's like you were on, you were on this mission and this journey. And so I feel like I want, he says that he sees your heart and this is a year of restoration, that he will restore all that is broken. I heard Isaiah 43, 18, that this truly is something new that he's doing in your life. 
So when he's doing something new, sometimes we get caught up and try to, you know, if he's doing something new, we try to figure it out and we try to compare it to only what we know, but it's something that is new, so you can't compare it. And so it's kind of like this scary, and actually what I saw when I was writing this is I hate roller coasters. How many hate roller coasters? I hate roller coasters. But I love to watch the videos of roller coasters because it makes me realize that I would never get on one of those. <laughs> but that's what I saw was really like I saw like a roller coaster, like this is really going to be a wild ride, but it's going to be something that is between you and Jesus. Like, like it's, like, it's going to be so personal and intimate like you've never really seen before. Um, and he said that you were marked. He's marked you. He's anointed you. His anointing will be so strong on you. You're going to have dreams and visions, and there's a prophetic anointing that's falling on you that you're going to start functioning in and flowing in. Maybe you have it one time, but it's going to be stronger and at a whole other level. And so I just really feel this is like a really cool, I'm like, dude, man, that's awesome. Like, yeah, God, come on. So good. You know, hey, there you are. Aaron. Well, it's funny because we were up here praying. And speaking of prayer, when you guys see a circle of people that are around here, and it's usually women, shouldn't be, should be men too, that's us praying. And the reason that we're up here praying, we pray like 20 minutes before service. So I want to invite you guys to come up here and pray with us. And the reason that we don't go into another room is because we don't want to hide prayer. We want to, we want to be here and we want to pray. So I want to invite you guys to do that. But anyway, so Aaron when we were over here praying and I was checking out your shoes, you know, and I'm like, man, those are really cool shoes. It was just like that. The Holy Spirit said, yeah, I'm giving Aaron a new pair of shoes, something new, something. It's going to be a different walk. You're going to be walking in different shoes, basically. There's just a, it's going to be a different, a different season. So it's like, he's going to show you things that are different, that are kind of, you know, you, you're kind of like, you like things in a certain way. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. You like things like this, but he's not going to speak to you like that. So it's going to probably frustrate you, but it's good because it's, it's widening your, broadening your senses. It's like, it's not, he's not going to use in just this way anymore. It's going to be a broader sense because it's new shoes. It's a higher level. It's a different, a different walk. So that's really cool. And those shoes are really cool, by the way. All right. Thank you for coming up. And thanks for helping in Kids Church. That's amazing. You guys should all help in Kids Church. Do you know that if every single one of you in here volunteered once, you'd only have to do it once every 18 months, right? Terry's like, man, I'm with it. I'm in the toddler room right now. It's only once every 18 months, Terry. I mean, you know, they, hey, guys, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you watch, you watch the kids this year. This season, there's something in the kids. There's something on the kids. The kids feel the presence of God way easier than us adults do because there's nothing that they have to filter through. They see it, they believe it, and they feel it, and they want it, and they just go after it. So, yeah, that's really good. So, Tony, I heard, I heard the Lord say, tell Tony I see him, and I capitalize C. I don't know why, but I did. C. And I hear him, and he says, I want him to just relax and enjoy our relationship. And then he said, Jeremiah 33.3, he said, I will show him great and mighty things. So that is for you. Thank you. 
Is, it, is anybody in here looking for a job or needing a job? You're looking for a job, you're needing a job, there's just, okay, I want you to raise your hand. Anybody, maybe there's watching online. I really felt like in worship, I felt like the Lord is saying, there's people here that are looking for a new job or needing a new job, there's just this thing of a job. And I believe that this is, you're gonna find that job. So Lord, I bless that. God, I thank you that you're opening up doors that are closed, that maybe, um, that maybe have been closed, God, but that you would open the door and that you would make the path and that you would give them the job that they need and that it'd be a blessing to them and to their family and to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Any teenagers in here? <laughs> Not want to be a teenager, but are teenagers. I want you guys to stand up. I know this is so embarrassing for teenagers. Like, what? You're making me stand up. Any, all the radar, is the radar downstairs today? They are. Radar's downstairs. Stand up. There you go. There you go. That's good. Nobody, nobody stare at them. Nobody look at them. Everybody else, close your eyes. <laughs> I want you guys to know this, is that the anointing and the power of God is for you just as much as it is for the adults. In fact, if you say yes to God now, you will see him in a way that we wish we could. Say yes, because you guys can impact your generation more than I can. Because there is something that God wants to use you guys. So put your hands out like this. Lord, I thank you for the anointing that is on their life. God, I pray for increase on their lives. God, I thank you, Lord, that as they come into contact with the kids, God, that they have influence with, that they would be, they would be an example and God, they would, the, that your presence and power would be in them to such a degree that people that their age would be drawn to them and that they would make an impact and they would be an example. And God, that everyone they come in contact with, God, that is their age, Lord, that they would just, they would fall in love with you and not even know why. So God, I thank you for the anointing on these teenagers. I thank you for the anointing on the junior high age. God, I thank you that they are going to rise up and they're going to make us jealous for what you are giving them. In Jesus' name, I thank you for the impact that the kids are making in this community. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You know that the world, Satan is after our kids. It's evident. It's obvious. All you got to do is look at the agenda of the schools. They're trying to steal our kids but we draw a line and say, no way. Amen? And it starts here in the church. Bobby Connor said this a long time ago. He said, the kids want to know, is he real? And can they do what the Bible says? Is he real? He is real. And there's this thing, you know, that they, they, a lot of the kids dabble in like the paranormal and all that kind of stuff. And we get like weirded out by, you know, witchcraft and Wicca and all that stuff right? There is a devil and there is God. But what the kids need is they need an encounter with a living God and not dead religion. Amen. Dead religion will pull the kids away from church, but an encounter with a living God will bring them right here to this altar. Yeah. Amen? And that's what I believe we're going to see. We're going to see a revival in the kids and we're going to be going, dang, I want that. Man, I'm ex 
excited. All right, you guys doing good? I've got 15 minutes. Not going to keep you long. All right, I'm just going to touch on a couple things that I feel like the Lord has been sharing with me. And one of the things he was speaking to me on was identity. I know it's a new subject. It's something new that the Lord just downloaded to me, so... But identity is, it's really, listen, it's really important because what is it that this world, the Bible says to, to, to not be conformed to this world, right? To this age. So what is going on in this age right now? What is it that the world that is, a, is attacking? Identity. More than anything, whatever you identify as, you are right? Okay, this is why it's important, it's imperative that the church, that you understand and know, not only know, but believe, because you can't live what you don't believe. It's imperative that you believe who God says you are. Who you are is not found in what you can do. We do that a lot. What do you do? Hi, my name is Char. What do you do? What do you do? You know, who you are is not what you do or what you don't do. It doesn't matter what degree or numbers or letters are behind your name. It doesn't matter if you graduated from high school or if you didn't or if you graduated from college. That's not your identity. Who you are is who God says you are. When Peter and Jesus have that encounter in Matthew 16, Jesus looks at Peter, after, Jesus looks at Peter and says, Hey, Pete, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, I have this revelation that you are the son of God, that you are the Messiah, that you are the one. And then Jesus says, well, now that you know who I am, Pete, let me tell you who you are. See, there's something in when I know who Jesus is, then I can know who I am because who I am is found in him. Amen? Knowing your identities, believing who God says you are, it's a must. You won't be able to live in the benefits of being a child of God if you don't first believe you are a child of God. And second, what in the world does that mean? All right, stay tuned to next week and I'll let you know. I would really encourage you guys to read, to get into the Bible and search out what the word says that God says that you are. It's a whole list, start in the book of Ephesians, of who God says you are. But one of the benefits I want to talk to you about this morning is this. When you said yes to Christ, when you said yes to him, there's a whole bunch of things that come down the pike. And one of the things is this, is that the almighty God, listen, this is amazing, the one that created you, the one that created the, the trees, the moon, the stars, the sun, the one that created my chihuahua. <laughs> the creator of the universe, one of the benefits of you being his kid is this, is he invites you and me to get to know him. You guys are looking at me like cricket. Cricket, what is she saying? The God of the universe is sent, giving you an invitation to get to know him. See, we have become so familiar with a God that we barely know. 
We read the scripture sometime, we come into a building, and we become so familiar with things that we don't realize that there's a measure of his presence, there's a measure of who he is, that we don't have a clue who he is. But it's so beautiful because he's giving us an invitation saying, hey, I want you to come in close and get to know who I am. Isn't that amazing? Isaiah 60 verse 1 in the Amplified, it says this, to arise from the depression and prostration in which your circumstances have kept you, rise to a new life, shine and be radiant with the glory of the Lord for his for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I love that. It says arise. I'm going to put it in the, in the um, context of identity. Arise and believe who you are. How can you shine in the glory that it's upon you if you don't know that you've got the glory upon you? Arise from that place of disbelief, of unbelief. Well, God can't use me. See, there's a lie that we partner with saying God can use her or him, but how can God use me? See, the devil has already won. It's a rise from that depression, a rise from that place of unbelief of who you are. Believe who God says you are so that you can live as though you are a child of God. That's part of the benefits. Amen? <clears throat> You guys doing okay? How do we radiate his glory? It's first we got to believe that you are, can, can radiate his glory. I meet with more women that believe a lie that they're not. Usually we don't function in our gifts. We don't function in those things because we believe a lie. It's true. Matthew 6.33, it says, But seek and aim and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all of these things taken together will be given to you besides. I love this passage. It almost goes along with what Nate was talking about in offering. If you read before that, prior to that, in Matthew 6, it's the passage Jesus is addressing is that they're worried and focused on things that they don't have. In Matthew 6, that's what he's, he's, Jesus is talking to them and he's saying, hey, before 6.33, he's talking and he's saying, you guys are worried about things that you don't have, right? And then he goes down and he, sa and then he talks about this. He says, and you can't serve two gods. He's talking about money, but you can't serve two gods. In other words, you cannot have your devotion divided. You can't be in the world and in the kingdom of God. He says it's absolutely impossible. You cannot serve two gods and be double-minded. And he says in Matthew 6.33, he says, first seek the kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing. Say his way of doing. His way of doing. Not the world's way of doing it, not the government's way of doing it, but his way of doing it. And when we seek him first in that, he says, and then all of the other things that I was talking about, is gonna, you're going to get it. The worry is distraction. It distracts us from 
seeking first his kingdom. It distracts us from his kingdom. It distracts you from living out who you truly are. Your identity is being able to have access to everything in the kingdom of God. Amen. Hosea 6.3. Remember, I talk, I'm talking about one of the benefits of being a child of God is that he wants to know you. And he wants you to know him. Hosea 6 verse 3 says this, Oh, that we might know the Lord. This is like, can you imagine this, this, this passion and this desperate... I think the church has become very passive in their hunger and desperation for Jesus. It's like we've become satisfied with where we're at. Like, okay, this is good. We're paying the bills. Things are going great. Nobody's, you know, blah, blah. We're good. We're good. Let's just keep it going. That is not what we're after. We... See, hunger and desperation attracts the presence of God. It attracts those things of heaven. Oh, that we might know him. Let us press on to know him, and he will respond to us as surely as the, uh, the arrival of dawn or the coming of rains in early spring. Write that verse down, Hosea 6.3. It's really good to take notes and write down scriptures so you can go back and read these things. Amen? Another one is Psalm 91, verse 1 in the Amplified. It says this. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. This is part of getting to know who he is. That word dwell means to remain, live, and abide. It doesn't say he who comes and visits his presence. See, Jesus doesn't want us to come and visit him. He wants us to come and abide in him. Amen? He wants us to live and dwell and abide in his presence. He wants us to know him on a whole nother level. Know what it is that who, who he is. A lot of times what we do is we're seeking the things. I hear this a lot. I don't, I don't know what my calling is. I don't know what my purpose is, my calling, my gifts, my ministry, my, 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 my. That's really the result you're going to get is my, my, my. All of those things are found in him. And they're actually his calling on your life. And it's your job to steward it, not become the man with the name. And the gifts and callings in our life are not to draw men to you, but to draw men to him. And if you're drawing men to yourself, you're gonna, it's going to not be good. It's truth. Because then you're going to have to try to fulfill their needs. But if you draw men to Jesus, then you don't have to worry about it. It's much easier that way. So easy. It says, he that dwells in the secret place. The secret place is a place where there's no distractions. It's a place where he wants to take us. It's a place that we should have. All of us should have it. I don't care where it's at. 
You can have it a bedroom. You can have it a closet. You can have it in a shower. You could have it in the car. doesn't matter where it's at. It's a place. Say a place. It's a place where there's no distractions. I got invited to a silent retreat. Has anybody ever been to a silent retreat? Three people. I thought Melissa was crazy the first time I met her. This was about a year and a half ago. I met her. She was talking about a silent retreat. I thought, how? Okay, number one, how do you get women? (laughs) Enough said. How do you get women to be silent for three days? Apparently, they do. And I thought, (laughs) it is a miracle. See? God does miracles today. He sends women on a three-day, and all the men are going, where do I sign up? Where do I sign them up? Where do I sign them up? They're going. But I thought, at first, honestly, I thought, this, this lady's crazy. What do you be going on a retreat, and you just sit there, and you be quiet, and all you do is have your Bible, your, a notebook, and a book. That's it. No, no phone, no music, no nothing. Not, nada. So I thought, yeah, whatever. She's whatever. And then Nancy's like, yeah, it was, it was good. It was, you know, yeah. And then they were talking about a silent retreat coming up in February, and she, she invited me to go, and I thought, oh, I am not going on a silent retreat. There's no way I can do a silent retreat. And then she messaged me just, I don't know, the other day, and she just said, and when I'm reading it, it was just like this thing fell on me, and the Holy Spirit said, you're going. And I'm like, Okay. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I mean, I wish you'd send me like to Florida for three days, you know, or like someplace like, you know, Hawaii, Mexico, you know, but a silent retreat in Frederick. <laughs> in Frederick, not even someplace warm. <sighs> but here's the thing. I got really excited once I quit thinking about the silent and quit thinking about like, you know, all of that stuff. It was just like I felt this invitation in my spirit from the Holy Spirit saying, this is a divine appointment for me and you. And you will never be the same. And I thought, my husband says, thank you. (laughs) I'm kidding. So I'm excited. Talking about secret place. It's a place where you go, you get away so that we can have no, listen, Satan is after your attention, he's after your affection, he's after your worship, and we can use excuses and say, yeah, but I have to have my phone with me because just for in case I get a message because it might be an emergency. We need to take this thing. I'm not going to do it, but... (laughs) When you find that place, I don't care how long it is, You set that between you and God. That's between you and the Lord. But listen, the creator of the universe, the one that handpicked you, the one that formed you in your mother's womb, wants you to know him. And part of knowing him is we have to get away. We have to get rid of distractions. We have to put things aside. That's why we fast. We don't fast to try to change God's mind or try to get what we want. We fast because it does something to us. It kills the flesh. Say flesh and allows the spirit to rise up so that we can hear him better. And it's just like this thing saying, God, I consecrate myself to you. We, are, we have become spoiled 
and we want it our way. And God's saying, in, in Matthew 6.33, he says, it's my way. Why? Because my way is better. Even though you don't know it yet, my way really is better. It's a season of getting to know him. I'm not interested in anything else but getting to know him. Because he says that when we do that, everything else isn't going to matter. And he takes care of it all. You and I were created and designed for the secret place. Amy, I'll have you go up there. Please, Amy, would you mind playing the piano? Sometimes I feel like I'm barking orders and I'm really not. Listen to this. We are spiritual beings who will only be satisfied with his presence. Listen, I don't care. You have been trying to fill this emptiness and this desire and this hunger with the wrong things. And there's only one that will satisfy your soul. There's only one that will satisfy your spirit. And that is the presence of Jesus, is being with him, is allowing him to do in you and through you the things that he's designed you to do. That's part of your identity. I don't know any other gods that gives you an invitation to know them personally. I don't know any other God that will actually come and abide and live and dwell inside of you. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14 in the message says this. It says, when you call on me and when you come and you pray to me, I will listen. Are you guys listening? This is God speaking to you to this morning. He's saying this. If you will call to me, if you will come to me, I got to remember what I was saying. I'm going to come over here just because I haven't been over here. And I like to walk around. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? I'm talking to those behind you. Daryl. <laughs> you attention hog, you. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14 says, When you call on me and when you come and you pray, I will listen. Some of us don't come and call him because we don't know that he's listening. We don't actually believe that God listens to us. So then we just don't do it. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God hears you. He hears every single thing that you've been crying out for. The lady in the red, whatever you've been crying, he's, he hears you. He hears you and he's going to listen and he's going he's gonna to come through for you. You can take that to the bank and cash it. That is a promise. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. When you get serious about finding me and you want it more than anything else. Some of us have been found because we haven't been seeking him more than anything else. He's been kind of like a little side job. Like, okay, I, I should pray. He's become, he's become a duty, not a relationship. He doesn't want you to do it because it's a duty. He wants you to do it because you love him. And when you search him with all of your heart, he says this, I will make sure that you will not be disappointed. When you do that, he won't disappoint you. The word seek, it's to search for and to not stop. Say not stop. Don't stop seeking him. Don't stop searching for him. 
One of the things that we, it's part of our core value here, is that you don't, that you come here and that you are not entertained. You're like, what? This is not an entertainment. We don't just come here and worship. That what they're doing up here, they're not entertaining you. And if you're coming here to be entertained, then you're coming to the wrong place. Because this place is not a building or a church that you can come and be entertained. What I told them a long time ago is you don't pick songs and you don't pick things that are going to get the people excited. You pick songs because you're here to worship the king. What they do don't matter. You can sit, you can stand, you can twiddle your thumbs, you can go to the bathroom, you can whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter. Because we come into this building to seek the one, the only one. And when we seek him, he says this, if you come and you seek me, you will find me and you will not be disappointed. Not only do we seek him in the private, but when we come into this building, it is not to show off. It's not to, sh it's, it is for him. That's why it looks so different. We hear that all the time. Why do you worship for 45 minutes? I don't know. That's usually early. It's usually an hour. Why? Because what we're doing here is not about you. It is about him. It is about Jesus. And it says that when we do that, he will show up and he will not disappoint us. I, don't, I can't think of one time that we've come here and I've been disappointed because we come here for one reason. And what we have done as a church is that we have put on people that if you want to come and get something, come to church. No. Listen, if you want to come and give something, then you come into a church building because it's going to cost you everything. When you walk through that building, through that building, through those doors, you're coming to give him your everything. You're, you, what You are a living sacrifice. And this is like a great big, huge fire pit. And when we come in here on Saturday nights and Sunday, it's funny that you said that because I'm standing there and the Lord said, you've been treating Saturday nights as common. So watch out, Saturday nights. <sighs> some of you are pressing in for some really big things. Some of you, it's relationships. Some of you, it's finances. Some of you, it's physical things. I don't know what it is. But I can guarantee you one thing. If you were just to shift your focus off of that thing and put your focus on the King of Kings, the King of glory, and if you just come as a living sacrifice on your face before God and say, God, I don't know how in the world you are going to take care of this. I'm not saying ignoring your circumstances. That's called dumb. But what I am saying is give sorry my mind is don't give it power. What you focus on you give power to. 
If I focus on the King of glory, then I give him all of the power. And he promises in Matthew, does he not? He says, why do you worry about all these things? I will take care of it all. But seek me first. If you search for me and seek me, you will find me and you will not be disappointed. Oh, I love that. It's a promise. I love what Nate's talking about. It's like, I can build my business or I can build my relationship with the one who gave me my business and he'll build it for me. Now, I'm not saying not to get busy. You know what I'm saying. You got to do the thing. I want, listen, the things that we are contending for, Pastor Bob and I have been like a mess for the last how many days? I don't even know how many days. We've got this burning inside of us that I don't, we have no idea what he's doing. We don't have a clue what he's doing. It's something that we've never have experienced before. How many of you have been doing this? 15 years? And it's like we're on the, it's like we're on the brink of something. But we don't want to seek the something. We want to seek the one. And sometimes we can get, listen, sometimes we can get because it's like, it's what we do. It's like, you know, people and things like that. But sometimes we've even given you guys too much power in our life. I don't mean that like in a bad way. But God is calling Pastor Bob and I and you guys too. And any cell leader in here because you're pastors. If you're a cell leader, listen. Or a potential leader, listen. Or if you're just a leader, you're all leaders anyway, so it's all for you. He's calling us to a place of consecration. In, in Joshua 3, verse 5, it says, to consecrate yourself today because tomorrow I'm about to do something that's going to blow your socks off. My part is to consecrate myself, and that's what Bob and I have been doing. Is this just this weird, like, warfare? It's, I, I don't know, there's no words to even describe it. But we've got this thing on the inside of us that's like our, our heart is like in our, our gut, and it, it pounds, and it vibrates, and we're like, we, we're only interested in an encounter with Jesus. And our hope and prayer is that anybody that watches online or anybody that ever steps foot in this building doesn't ever leave here entertained and feeling good. Because being a entertained and feeling good lasts for five minutes. Just ask a kid that you give a new toy to. Oh, great, I want this toy. Give me the box. Our heart is that everyone that watches online and everyone that steps foot in this building will have an encounter with the living God. They'll have an encounter with the King of glory. They'll have an encounter with the one that rose from the dead and died on the cross for you. That you'll have an encounter because an encounter will change you and transform you for normal. And you'll never be the same again. You'll never look at life the same again. You'll never look at your circumstances again because you've encountered the living God, the Jesus that says, don't worry about anything. 
Don't worry about anything because I will take care of it. Encounter me. And that's what he wants. Jesus, you guys stand up. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know him. He wants you to come away with him. Listen, church, he's not taking you to an event. He wants you to come into the secret place with him. He wants you to come away with him. He wants you to get rid of the distractions. He wants you to put things away. And he wants you to sit at his feet. In Luke chapter 10, Martha missed it. Jesus shows up at their house. You can write it down, Luke chapter 10. I think it starts in verse 38. Jesus comes into the house of Mary and Martha, and Mary sits at the feet of Jesus. Martha gets mad at Mary because she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Martha gets busy doing things. She was in the presence of Jesus and ignored his existence. She became so familiar with Jesus coming over because that was a normal thing. Jesus came over to her house, their house regularly to eat. Listen, don't become familiar when he comes knocking and he wants to take you away with him. This is the difference between religion and relationship. Relationship with your creator, with your Lord, takes you to deeper places. So we're taking communion and what in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 it says that when the night that Jesus was betrayed say betrayed the night that he was betrayed it says that he broke bread with the disciples and it says that when we do this when we take this is to remember what he did for us to remember what he did for you. It says that Jesus gave his body. They didn't take him. He gave his body to be whipped, to be bruised, to be beaten for us. And this wafer represents his body that was broken for you and for me. So let's take this in remembrance of his body. And the juice represents his blood. We don't talk about the blood enough. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away your sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make you white as snow? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. His blood took care of your sins. His blood took care of my sins. So when the Father looks at me and looks at you, he sees me completely pure because of the blood. Amen? I don't know what you've done. If you've asked Jesus to forgive you, then God sees you through the blood of his son. And it's zip, say zip, zip, it's gone. 
to hang on to it and to continually beat yourself up because you've missed the mark says that the blood was for no avail. Aren't you thankful? Lord, I thank you for your blood that washed away our sin, that we can live in our identity, a child of God, and all the benefits, including getting to know you. And this is a season of intimacy. This is a season of coming away with you. This is a season of when we come into this building, that we're not coming into this building to just be entertained or just to get something. We're coming into this building or into our cell groups to give you everything and to seek you. And when we do that, we will find you and not be disappointed. So God, I thank you for your blood. And as we take this, we remember the price that you paid for us to be completely free. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.